Forgotten Liam versus Evil. So we're back. Sorry, we've been away for a while. I shat myself. Literally shat myself. Uh, and it turns out that I had COVID. Which, shitting yourself isn't a symptom of COVID, Scott, is it? I think, well, I th- it wasn't to begin with, but I think it is now. Because of me or because of... Just just in general. But it's 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 not, as far as I can tell, I'm not a scientist, all right? But <laughs> just to get that out there from the out, very yeah. start, neither of us are scientists. As far as I can tell, it's not mutated, but it has... The symptoms are changing as it goes on because it used to just be a cough and then, well, temperature, then it was a cough and then I think there was something else added in and now they've added in sickness and diarrhea. Man. So who knows what's next? So I, I have, I, I've had COVID for two weeks. Obviously, it's not there now. I'm just really tired. Coronavirus! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's why we've been away because I have been an absolute bag of literal shit because I have had sickness and diarrhea. Well, I had sickness and diarrhea for a good solid, not solid, wet, <laughs> wet yeah. seven days, non-stop. See, I would like the uh, I would like the 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 isolation that COVID requires from you. I would also like the uh, sickness and diarrhea for the weight loss that it would come with it. However, I wouldn't be too keen on. Um, just the, the diarrhea and the sickness. Yeah, and just the general unknown of this um, complete world global pandemic that's shaping our entire lives and futures. I, all right, I don't know why you actually start making me shit myself more. That's <laughs> uh, actually a point. I was messaging Scott like, listen, is this like normally like they definitely don't have COVID? That's not COVID symptoms. Like, that's what I thought. And then the test came back positive, and I was like, hey, Scott's not a fucking doctor, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the first day I, I actually, never, I, I never claimed to be a doctor at any point. <laughs> I know, but you're the closest thing I have to a doctor. I barely even claim to be a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> True. You're the closest thing I have to be a doctor, so you yeah. have to be there. And I'm like Scott, I tried to fart today, and I definitely followed through. Uh, do I have COVID? Uh, and so on and so did forth. You, did, you have, did you have Indian food the night before? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I didn't eat for a week. I lost half a stone in two days. But yeah, then, that's good. That's positive. Looking well. No, I'm looking gaunt as fuck. <laughs> I look dead. I look and sound like a junkie. Like a full on junkie now. I uh, think the junkie looks kind of in there now though, so you might be, you might get away with it. Uh, but the whole no eating thing and that, like the actual unhealthy part of being a junkie, uh, probably won't help. This is really mean to actual people who suffer from drug addiction. I'm not a junkie. I'm sorry for offending you. COVID and now I'm not dead I'm here Scott's here we're back welcome to Scotland vs Evil episode 128 now ah. you'll be thinking this is going to be that we're so clever and planned out and uh, this will be coming out pretty much well I don't know when this actually will come out so like but, but assuming that uh, everything goes to plan the closest time for a, an episode in the week it would be Friday the 13th and you'll think we've done a, a Friday the 13th movie but we haven't because, um, like Liam has just explained to you, he got sick. We had picked the movie before he got sick, and uh, we've just stuck with it. Just kept it. Yeah. We're actually still we're still playing with our uh, 31 of uh, Halloween, 31 of October. This one, this was part of the list. This is why this movie was picked. 
So if you're sitting here in November and thinking, why is why is every horror <laughs> podcast out there doing a Jason movie and Scott Liam are doing something completely random for like 30 years ago? Well, because fuck you, that's why. Because yeah, Liam nearly died. That's why. That's why. If you had if you had actually approached the subject of changing the movie in the past two weeks, my head would have exploded. I wouldn't <laughs> be able to comprehend what we were doing. Uh, but my my plan is to just fire this up right after we record, so there's a good chance people will be listening to this before Friday the 13th. Yeah. Well, this I, is going to be so embarrassing yeah. when they're all listening next Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might have done that, but I didn't want to put any added pressure on you. I didn't know if you were still dealing with the long COVID then, you know. Uh, as, long, as long as after this, I've got an hour where I don't need to go to the toilet, then <laughs> it'll be up. If you're listening to this on Monday and I've just uploaded it, it's because I've spent the weekend shitting myself, so you can't even complain. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, Bordello of Blood, as Scott says, it was part of the 31 of October. How did you do with that, by the way? I think, well, like I said in the, the social media groups, if you're in them, I, I stretched mine out to like the 2nd or 3rd of November because I had a week off uh, for Halloween and I was off until the Tuesday night. So I just added an extra couple of days because uh, I missed a couple of days. I think I got like 29 movies watched. Maybe even 30. I think I think there was only one or two that I missed. And I did change the list about you, but I threw some things out. So one of the ones that I remember specifically that I threw out was that I'm still going to plan on watching was that uh, The Devil All The Time. That mm-hmm. one with Tom Holland and stuff on Netflix. And it was only because it was nearly three hours long. And I just think I need to be in a right frame of mind for a, you know, a three-year movie. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's not no bad. I, I, we, we powered through that week off. We powered through like movies morning, noon, and night. It was great. I love it. That's actually really quite good going. I genuinely thought with both of us would maybe maybe lucky if we managed like four movies, but you really put me and the group to shame. I done it for the two of us. I done it for the two of us to show the group. The group done. I think there was like two or three people that managed a good bunch of them. Mm-hmm. That's good. So do you have a favourite? Do you do that at the end? Like your favourite? Or the list? Yeah. Um, I know this hasn't been planned, I've just yeah, sprung this, this on you. You've fully sprung, sprung this on me, but <laughs> let me just have a wee quick look at what, what I did watch. I know that I definitely enjoyed Child's Play, the the remake. Mm-hmm. That has obviously been evident on the previous episode. Um, Vivarium was good. I didn't watch it again, actually. I've just ticked it off the list because I've already seen it. <laughs> so. Let's just get my least favourite out there then. Fucking Vivarium was a load of what? shit, man. You're, yeah. I don't know. I like the look of it. I like the the acting. Although the wee boy, yeah, I would I would never tire of punching through that skull. Uh, and then just the end. I don't know what to spoil it, but the end to me is just well, you're on your fucking own. So I might as well not have watched the movie because I went in not knowing what was going on and I left not knowing what was going on. So I, I could have watched something else. See, I think I need to watch it maybe another two or three times to try and see if I can understand the ending. I think that I have fond memories of Vivarium because we went to see it at like the Scottish premiere and the director and Imogen Poots was was there. And I think that just you know that way that's it's like a fright fest movie then to me because it was I think it was like a, the was it the week before or the day before fright fest I went to yeah. see this. So yeah, so I think that's why I like it so much, not because it was good. I'm not going to lie, I'd rather shit myself on all six days and have to fucking sit through that for another <laughs> twice. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what once was also what also was good. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. Did you watch that? I've not watched that, but you've obviously sung its praises, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, weird. I don't think I understood it at all, but I enjoyed it. 
Which is weird because I didn't understand very much and I fucking hated it. Well, not hate is a strong word. Yeah. To me, it was like two and a half because I'll never watch it again. I tell you what, I did watch the one and I really enjoyed and I'm glad that I enjoyed it. I finally ran to death of a vlogger because I didn't get to see it at Fright Fest because I had to leave early because I was shitting myself. But no, I don't think I had COVID back then in February, but I might have, but I don't think I did. Um, I had to leave early and I didn't get to see it. I really liked it. I can't remember what your issues were at the time, but I remember you weren't overly fussed on it. But Ter- Terrible acting. Terrible script. Yeah. Well, terrible story. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> I, I thought it was really good. I got, I got a couple of frights. I got a, a couple of genuine frights in the house watching it. I think it's because, was it not like the last movie of that first night? And because it was late, they should have, I think they should have put the movies back to front. Because before that was the... Chronic. Yeah, uh, which was excellent. And if I watched that at any time, I would have loved it. Whereas Death of a Vlogger, I would have to watch fresh and be excited at just being at Fight Fest to like it. Whereas at that point in the night, I'm like, right, well, I could just be going home just now rather than watching people that I actually recognise for the cat house yeah. acting worse than what we would act if it which- was... I'm kind of ups- I'm kind of worried. That's why I'm upset. Uh, not upset. That's why I'm worried about actually filming the wee, uh, short movie that we're going to film once COVID restrictions are over. Because when we put it in Fright Fest, it'll be like people will be sitting watching. I recognise those boys. Those boys might be interested and introduce this, but they're here every year. They make fun of me for asking questions. <laughs> I hate this short. <laughs> See if we just put at the end of it, rest uh, R.I.P. Liam of COVID. Just put this big thing that I've died. I can easily fake my own death. Nobody can slag us because somebody died during it. So yeah. it's just it'll be fine, and we'll win fight fest, hoping that they've not listened to this and know that I'm going to fake my own death just to get the likes. That, I mean, that's why. Why else would you fake your own death in 2020? It's for the likes, obviously. So always for the and likes. avoid tax. Uh, so Bordello of Blood is from 1996 it's directed by Gilbert Adler I'll had a look it hasn't really done anything else he's more like a producer of now quite hefty big budget things uh, but he's directing and kind of writing career Just slowed down after this uh, it stars Corey Feldman it stars uh, John Cassier as the voice of the Crypt Keeper it stars Erika Eliniak which is not how you pronounce her name. I recognise her from loads of things, but can't tell you what she's in off the top of my It stars that wee dwarf that was in lots of Nickelodeon stuff in the 90s. <laughs> I was going to say him, but I didn't. I couldn't remember the word that I should be using. Yeah. Uh, he, but he was Roland. What do we call it when people call you midgets? Of course you want to kill yourself. <laughs> he, he played Roland in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes. Which I loved. And I'm actually thinking about that. I'm still quite angry at the way Sabrina just dropped Harvey as soon as she went to college. And it was all because Josh was a fancy, good-looking boy. And it actually outraged me about Sabrina. Yeah, but did you also see how Harvey grew up? Because see, if you look at, like, the, the, if they talk back on it now, the two aunts still look the same. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart still looks banging. Harvey is, like, bald and fat. Aye, but that's because they... Like for years, Sabrina really wanted to get into Harvey. Harvey did a cushy, a cushy role as the, the eye candy in Sabrina. And as soon as Sabrina goes to college, fuck Harvey, man. There's way better looking folk out there than this ugly high school. And he that's, just gets dropped. That's life, though. I that's know, but it's quite, it's quite cruel when it comes to you through a, through a kids' witch program. It's, it's cruel, it's cruel if you're Harvey, but no, if you're Sabrina. 
I don't know. Was Josh not a bit of a bastard? To... I, don't I, know. I don't know who Josh is. I don't think I watched it that much, to be fair. All right. Josh I was the rem- handsome one at college. I do remember uh, she done the same thing to her best friend because she had the best friend with the curly hair at one point. The, uh, Jenny, I think her name was. And there was a different best friend at one point too. It was it not... Oh, I can't remember her name. I think that was. I think that was like a because I think one of them got sacked for being like a junkie or something. I don't know. I made that up. That's not nonsense because I I went to university and I didn't have any pals and I dropped out because I was staying in the halls. It was shit, and a day that stayed in the room with me was a fucking weirdo. So Sabrina is not reflective of the the college university life at all. There were no handsome men in my coffee shop. Yeah. Well, I went to. I went to college as well, and it was, because it was nursing, it was 80% uh, mature students, and we, it was in Hamilton, so it was like we drove, nobody, nobody lived in Hamilton halls, I don't think, fucking surely not, <laughs> and, and uh, so my college experience was not that of uh, the typical student life either, mm. right? Well, now that we've got that out of the way, Bordello of Blood. We pay for your pals. Uh, so have you watched Bordello of Blood before uh, whenever we actually decided for this episode which could have been months ago I've got no concept of time right now Uh, yes I've watched it before I have watched it I think possibly only once and it was one of those ones I watched way back like on VHS in my pal's house like in late primary school maybe even early high school well, obviously be high school because you never had any pals at college, so it would have to be. <laughs> yeah, be further, yeah. Um, so yeah, I watched it way back. Probably well, when did this come out? The nineties. Uh, yes, it was. Now you're going to call me out for reading that. If I nineteen ninety six. so yeah, yeah. So it probably wouldn't have been far off it coming out then when it, when when it got to uh, VHS in the UK. That's cool. I it first. So that was that was it, and then nothing until tonight and I remembered bits and bobs I remembered the shoot I remembered um... yeah that was it the shoot I remember the shoot <laughs> and it wasn't how I remembered it either <laughs> uh, so we'll play the trailer for Bordello of Blood right now if you haven't seen it you can go watch it if you don't really care and what listen to is just listen to the trailer and then we'll be right back from a secret grave in a distant land, Hell's Madam has risen again. And now she's back in business at the Bordello of Blood. Where customers go in. Evening, boys. This is deep. But they don't come out. Mr. Gutman, have you found my brother yet? He and a friend of his evidently went to a local brothel. Are you ready? Welcome to a new chapter in terror. At least now she'll know what's eating him. She is. <laughs> Lucy, I'm home. Let's party. Hi, I'm Mexican for lunch. I'm going to take you for a test ride. You know, you make it sound really enticing. From Universal Pictures. It's holy water, man. Dennis Miller. You are here. Tales from the Crypt presents Bordello of Blood. 
like like medical signs because I thought, well, if I just like, then it'll save my family and not having to pay for any funerals. But apparently, see, once they're finished with all the bits they want to use, they just give the empty body back. So what, just like that. Yeah, like, whatever, they, well, yeah, whatever bits they haven't used, they just they just say, right, come and collect the bits. That's actually what I want to happen to me. Take all my bits and then use my outer skin as an actual suit bag. Obviously, treat my body like like turn your make, torso into like an overnight bag. Yeah, that'd be cool as fuck. I'd, I'd go for that. I think that'd be actually pretty pretty cool. But like, like for real, like just turn me into compost or something. Like just make me like grow a rose bush or something like. That. Like honestly, I don't really yeah. That's um, a massive step down for space. This is my dream, but I'm actually alright if you want to just throw me into a bush. <laughs> because if you think about it, you just think about all the space rubbish that's already up there, you would just literally be just be floating about in a big space rubbish pile. Could just sprinkle you over over an old dirty porno, put you in a bush. So then whenever the the wanes in the future discover the old bush porno you are also part of that experience. Why you would want to be, I don't know. I only thought about that after I said it. I think I'd like to probably be like, I'd, I'd want to be split up, right? So see when you get my ashes back, right? This is Because I'm probably going to get buried in it because buried in a cardboard box because, like I said, just turn it into compost. But imagine you get cremated, right? I'd say what I want to do is just a, a small wee tub set room to give to all my pals and I want them to sprinkle me in the daftest place they can possibly think. Right, okay. Funny. Right? All right. You, to be honest, I just... Putting hopefully your ashes in a firework and firing it Aye. over Paisley. Aye. So hopefully over the next 60 years you can think about it. I mean, this, is me, this is me being optimistic that I'll last that long. Uh, you can think about what you want to do with your wee vial of my ashes. Where you want to put them. Oh, so we all get a vial each? Yeah. Mm. You've all got a small bit each. And then you see, you know like uh, like William Wallace spread about the four corners of the UK to it as a warning. Just you spread me a bit. <laughs> but these can think as a warning to... I don't know. <laughs> I think I would go to the Builder Bear workshop, get just this, I don't know, a bear or like a wee baby Yoda or something, and rather than put the wee heart thing that they get you put in it, I would put your wee vial of ashes in a recording of your voice, and I would just sit it on the couch and it'd just be like you were there with me all the time. That's uh, that's nice, lovely, endearing <laughs> and creepy all at the same time. I would sing you songs and all that. <laughs> but you've got plenty you've got 120 odd episodes to, to um, get your voice recordings from so you know I would get a recording of all the stutters and all the things you've said wrong and I'd like you to do the same with me and every time you press the bear it's just this series of bap so yeah that's how we're going to die now Burdell of Blood so they say they're, they're in the jungle they're looking for and this is the quote the most horrible woman the world has ever known. <laughs> they obviously Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> that's, You're that's, just saying that because you know your wife doesn't listen. Yeah, but it's also just a, it, that's a, a daft joke. Like, literally, <laughs> my mother-in-law is the nicest person you could ever meet. Like, that's... Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree with that. It's backwards, honestly. It's backwards for the how a mother-in-law is supposed to be. But, uh, so, they apparently, the... To kill this vampire, you have to cut her heart into four pieces and spread them out. It's kind of like what I went, what happened to my ashes. Um, so, but see when they put the heart together again, it kind of joins back together. And see the the graphics, the effects of the heart rejoining. They're not that bad considering the age that this movie is. Yep. I actually thought that all the start of this, the 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 effects are so gloriously nineties, but they still look like really well done and fun. Yeah. 
because once once she comes back to life, she grabs one of the adventurers and squeezes his head, till his eyes pop out. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks good though. It does. I it mean, does. it looks. It doesn't look like a real head popping, but it's fun and it's good to watch. It's a good laugh. Um. So then she comes back to life, right? And then she's wanting to like kill everybody. And then the wee dwarf shows her this kind of key that's like a cross key thing that's full of I don't know holy water or something. If it's so powerful and so dangerous to her, why does her, the queen of the vampires, not know what it is to begin with? I know. I don't have an answer for that. It's, yeah. it's a total plot hole. And then, boom, we're in some bar and the Crypt Keeper's talking to a mummy and the mummy's pitching the story to the Crypt Keeper as if this, I'm like, what, this is, that's not the movie? <laughs> like, is it? I don't know if it started yet. And uh, so then they start playing rock, paper, scissors to like cut body parts off if they lose. And then they start for daily body. And the thing is though, right, and I'm skipping forward notes here, like I'm not skipping forward notes, but I'm skipping forward like my knowledge of the movie. That actually was the beginning of for daily blood. But that wee jump to go to the Crypt Keeper to go back into the story is very off-putting. I didn't enjoy that. See if they just done it for the start, Crypt Keeper. Even if they just done the, the Mummy's pitching the story from the start. And then just went run right through an hour and a half and then back to Crypt Keeper at the end. I'd have been game for that. But to go from intro to story, Crypt Keeper nonsense back into story without letting you know that actually it was a continuation of the same story. See in the cartoon... Did the cartoon just start with the Crypt Keeper or did the cartoon start with a well, like an intro to the story and then go to the Crypt Keeper? I think it did just start with the Crypt Keeper, didn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. And because that, that would I, I don't get that either. I don't understand why they didn't just start with right, here's the Crypt Keeper, he opens his book and now Bordello the Blood. Yeah. And I think I like the because uh, it's I don't think I watched the cartoon that often, but there was there was a couple of like TV shows or movies, wasn't there? In the same way of like TV yeah. show, like anthologies and that. Yeah, and I'm sure it was the Crypt Creeper introduced the story, banging the story. Maybe it was different because this is a, a 90 minute story rather than a, like a 20 minute story. Mm, maybe. Or a 30 minute story. I'd love it if the animated one is available in box set. If anyone knows if that is the case, let me know because I went by it because I used to love the animated series. Yeah, I think I watched it like once or twice, but um, yeah, I mean, the idea of the Crypt Keeper and the Tales for the Crypts just bang on. Mm-hmm. Right, so we get in this movie, and my note here, once it starts, I've wrote, Corey Feldman. That's about all I remember from this movie. Oh, and there's a shoot in it somewhere. <laughs> Glad you brought him up. Remember he wanted 800 quid to appear in our music video? Yeah. Still regret I'd, not I'd, doing that. I'd have paid that. I'd have paid that a second. Everybody else turned us down. Well, yeah, I know. Who got back? <laughs> no, I tell a lie. Who got back to his... Uh, uh, Chunk. Chunk, Chunk back to his said I don't do acting anymore but thanks for reaching out and uh, cheers for enjoying the movie enough to write a song <laughs> about it um, Thingy uh, Data get back uh, or his agent get back and says no, he just concentrates on choreographing stunt work now but thanks for reaching out uh, Josh Brolin didn't get back I mean what the fuck's he up to these days <laughs> just uh, being Josh Brolin to be honest which is pretty badass John Aston as well never get back He's too famous for us. That's Corey, Corey Feldman would have done it for 800 quid. He probably could have talked him right down to like fucking 40 quid a pack of fags and a bottle of Strongbow. You say, yes, we're very sorry we believe you were raped. <laughs> <laughs> that, seems, that seems as if he's always going on about these days in Twitter. It, it, it was right at the cusp before he fully lost his mind, so we yeah, would probably have... Was, yeah. We actually could have been the last legit thing that Corey Feldman filmed before he went batshit crazy. 
He was going to dress up with Michael Jackson, though, wasn't he? That's the thing. We'd have, we'd have, he'd dressed up with Michael Jackson and we'd have looked at it and says, fuck have we paid for, man? <laughs> I, I think it'd still be worth it just to have Corey Feldman dressed as Michael Jackson in your music video. Uh, but yeah, Corey Feldman's in this as he was in... In fact, he wasn't in a whole lot in the 90s, was he? Uh, well, I don't this was probably actually a bit, a bit different for him. No, well, where was it? Right, obviously, obviously uh, The Goonies and obviously Stand By Me. Uh, he's obviously the wee baldy boy in uh, Friday 13th 4. Of course. Uh, he was in The Burbs. Yep. He was in he was in loads of he was in loads of movies with Corey Haim. There's like License to Drive, Aye. hundreds all of in, them. All in the 80s. But they were all in the 80s. Surely they were not in the 80s because in 86 he was like 11 years old. So how can he be in all these movies where he's like 15 to 20? I think he must have been early 90s. So this one might well, have been like the last one before he disappeared and then before he came back in the 2000s being a fucking mental case. Well, Stand By Me was 86, Lost Boys was 87, Goonies was 85, Gremlins was 84. He's been in a lot of fucking amazing movies. Was he uh, Yeah, apparently he was. He was Pete Fountain. That, it makes me think that says Fountain. Don't remember the boy's name from Gremlins. But yeah, yeah of course he was the wee boy. Like they don't put water on him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Apparently his mouth in the Goonies too, which I didn't know was actually happening, so this has been quite good. Uh, yeah, in the 90s it was like, shit, Meatballs 4, Round Trip to Heaven, Loaded Weapon 1, Step Monster. Uh, I think I, w- I think I want to watch all those movies, to be fair. He was then Todd in a TV episode of Tales from the Crypt in 1994. Loads of other shit I've not heard of until Bordello of Blood, so I, his career was actually dwindling. Yeah. Yeah. It must be quite shite the way, so you, you're in a movie, or your best pal's in a movie, and then he gets proper, like, bum-shagged off Charlie Sheen, and then, uh, alleged, <laughs> alleged, and then, uh, you, the both of yous, like, the, the wee teenage birds stop fancying you, because that was the whole thing, the two Corys, everybody, there was a Simpsons done a whole big deal about it with the phone in line that Lisa phones and all that uh, then you disappear into obscurity nobody fancies you anymore you hit the drugs and Charlie Sheen then becomes the biggest fucking star on the planet for a, for a good bunch of years uh, also he's ripped his fuck in Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part 2 but then he goes on to be in Two and a Half Men which is mental he even pulls off bowling shirts like I don't know how he did that all the time while also being fucking mentally off his tits on drugs. So the drugs isn't even the drugs is even the reason that you've you've fucked up. It's because Charlie Sheen's doing it with drugs and he's a fucking bum rapist. Like imagine how fucking me, why don't you fucking go mental and dress up with Michael Jackson? Is it worse to be a bum rapist rather than just a rapist? Like is the addition of the word bum Does it make it worse? Or? I, guess, I guess when you're a male rapist, um you, you guess you kinda of have to be a bum rapist, I suppose, don't you? It comes to the territory. Comes in the territory, yeah. Uh, my favourite Charlie Sheen story is when he got lost in Castle Milk trying to find gear. <laughs> Sorry, did I? I've never bum-raped anybody in Castle Milk. I have never even been to Castle Milk and I live, I live in Scotland and I wouldn't even get to Castle Milk I've, and Charlie been, Sheen was rating about looking for a line. I've been a couple of times it's uh, since die. You don't, I don't, I've never, I've only, I've, I wouldn't go back. <laughs> That sounds like halfway through that sentence, you remember you know somebody that lives in Castle Milk who <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> listens to this episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, fuck now, man, we've got hundreds of notes to here to go. Um, Bordello, right, that's a brothel, right? Mm-hmm. Great, just checking. Um, 
Corey Feldman has had more fashion phases than I have. This is quite a cool look that he's rocking in this, and it kind of would works for 2020. Mm-hmm. It works I, yeah. more than his Michael Jackson look that he has yeah, actually but, rocking. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Um, so the, the, they're standing in the bar, right? And I don't know what age they're supposed to be, but they look as if they're in their mid twenties, right? Mm-hmm. But they're at the they cheers in the bar when they play. Here's to getting laid sooner or later. I'm like, it's like rock American Pie, only for old losers. Yeah. Like you, like that's fine with your high school. Like see when you're like 16, 17, 18 and you're like, oh man, yeah, let's try and get to have sex. Right, that those movies work, but when you're clearly in over 21 because you're in America and you're in a bar drinking and you're like cheers and getting laid sooner or later that's just like if even if you haven't had sex and you want to have sex by this point if you're like standing cheering cheersing about it like oh one day I'll yeah conquest I'm going to get it yeah blue yeah and then do you know what I mean like if that's the case you're like you three years are a fucking bunch of losers doesn't matter how cool you dress you're a fucking full on loser beat it you're acting like we've never stood in the middle of the cat house floor and cheers to us having sex that night. Yeah, I know, but I just think that we are so much cooler than... <laughs> <laughs> we get away with it at 25, yeah. it's all right. <laughs> right, so then the guys are... Right, so this is the, the weird guy. So this is the point, the, the weird guy, this is like the... Uh, fuck, I forget his name, I should have looked this up. It's like the Dracula story. Uh, Renfield. Look, so the wee Renfield guy's in the bar. He's like a wee rocker with the cut-off denim vest and stuff and the patches and all that, and he just looks fucked up. And he comes over and says, You talking about getting lead? He's like, Nah, yeah, I'm talking about getting fucked. And he's like, they're like, all right. He's like, there's a place, and gives them the, 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 the address. And then the two of them are like, Fucking right then, we're going here. And the other two are like, Nah, man, that guy's not half his tits, man. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll go into town. I'll go into the city. And, you know, like, I'll find a girlfriend, a nice girl, you know, to, to settle down with me. And eventually have sex when the time comes. They're like, nah, man, this wee guy's told us where to go. We're going there. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> Fuck's sake. So they turn up at this house, right? It's a it's a funeral home. There's a mansion that works as a funeral home. And they have to ask for the certain a certain, like, funeral uh, the, I can't remember the Donner Wake or something like that, probably because uh, the Cunningham Wake. Cunningham Wake. So they ask for this, and then this wee creepy boy, this creepy old man, takes him through the back, tells him to get in a coffin. They, this is probably the thing is, see until you get into the actual bordello, right? This is you could probably allowed to say no and leave at any point. You haven't seen anything, so like th- this point, like the 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 creepy shit can still be undone. You walk into this funeral home and the guy says get in a coffin are you getting in no absolutely not <laughs> like after i asked the question i thought do you know what maybe i would because you don't you don't you don't really get to see these i mean it's imagine going to like at one of those kind of funny bars in like prague or like um, amsterdam or something like that. you know the ones where you where you order your food your drinks and it comes around in a wee train choo-choo and like up to the side of your table and you take your booze off and go this is this is cool this is this is a gimmick maybe you'd be like that I, no, but that that's different. If you're in a room full of other people getting in coffins, you go, that's a gimmick. If you're in a room yourself with a coffin and you get in it, that's not a gimmick. That's that's you're giving yourself to the the bum rapists. And also, I know what mean you're like in pubs. If people even look at us, there's no way either of us are getting in that fucking coffin. <laughs> we are yeah. both shitting ourselves and walking straight out of that bordello. Like, nah, it's fine, mate. It's fine. I'll just uh, I don't need I don't need this in my life. 
you uh, make a good point. If there was loads of coffins and people getting in and out of them, then you'd be like, ah, this is a gimmick, this is cool. If one weird, creepy guy tells you to get in a coffin, yeah, and you're not, like, if there's no queue to get in, because you would, you would assume there would be a queue. Like, why is everybody already in the Bordello and you're the only people that turn up to the Bordello? You'd think there'd be a queue outside the door. Uh, if it was a queue to get in a coffin, I'd obviously go, right, well, that, there's something quite cool happening there because there's people really want to get in it. But, again, maybe that should just be a life lesson. If a, if a, if a man approaches you and tries to get you in a coffin, don't, don't get in it unless there are multiple coffins. Then, go for it. If there's a it's, queue, do it. It's fully human nature, isn't it? Like, if you see other people doing it, you want to do it because it's a complete fear of missing out. It's full on FOMO. Do you think you would have FOMO if there was a, a room full of coffins, though? Or do you, you would just be like, right, do you know what, I'm, I'm actually right to miss this out. They can tell me what happened after it, and then I can go, all right, wee bit gutted, but also at the same time, I respect myself for not just climbing in this old man's coffin. The, the only thing that would make me quite, would make it different to me is because if, like, for example, we were in like a city somewhere, like we went over to like Budapest or wherever, and there was like, we went to a bar, and it was like, like a gimmick and you had to climb in a coffin or climb in something weird that was a bit dodgy and go through like walk through like a dark warehouse before you get to the rave or the party or the pub or whatever it is you'd be like right okay i'm not sure but you'd have that option to walk out onto the street that's full of pubs and full of restaurants because you wouldn't you know what i mean they have driven outside of town to a mm-hmm. mansion in the middle of nowhere so like that's the difference because you're like i don't like there is this is there is something weird about this like if it was if it was on the strip and you'd be like well at least there is there, there can't be anything too dodgy because I'm I'm still in the middle of like I'm still in the centre here. It's not like hostel. It's not like a fucking factory in the middle of nowhere that I've went to. Mm-hmm. Because then you're fucked. So never travel to somewhere. Always, if it's a gimmick, it's a gimmick with people. Never That's- travel to a room full of coffins. Only no. only do it in a, a pub that is advertising a room full of coffins on the outside. Uh, how come the police never shut this down? The big giant mansion out in the middle of nowhere with all the lights on at night, pretending it to be a funeral home when clearly funerals don't happen at night. Yeah, it was, full, it was full of cars as well, but for, presumably of people who never made it back out. Mad. Cars were still there when the cop was investigating, surely, weren't they? I think they were. They should have been. Um, so, they jump in the coffin, coffins are shoot, goes into the fire and it goes, slides down and they jump out the coffin and they're in this kind of basement party. With, you know, you're a typical 90s bordello, you know, you know the type. Glasses yeah. walking about with their boobs out, hundreds of boobs. But do you know what? See, at this point, though, I don't think that it seems like a good party. There's a lot of fat, hairy, half nude old men kicking about down there. Yeah. I don't, I, to us, I don't think a brothel is ever a good party. That could just be me being a prude, but I, <laughs> I don't think you're ever going to a brothel going, right, that's it, this is going to be good. This is going to yeah. be a fun, exhilarating yeah. time. Yeah, it's just full on sleaze, isn't it? Yeah. Remember we nearly get took anyone in uh, Marbella. Uh, I was fully fucked at my tits, but I feel as if I remember people trying to lure us into some place in Marbella. Oh, we, we were trying to push you in to get you fucked out your tits. Go <laughs> <laughs> oh, on, Scott. Scott, that'd be a great place to go. You always said you would definitely jump into an old man's coffin. Get in there. Uh, I'm glad we didn't do it. Yeah. I was drunk for about four days straight. You were, was, you, you were gone. Like, I, I, didn't, I couldn't feel my skin. <laughs> no, I just felt kind of tingly, like, the whole time. 
I can't, I can't actually tell you right now that you did get in an old man's coffin and you did get absolutely bum blasted. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> you, you wouldn't know otherwise. I've never been right since. Um, I've got a question, right? What, what is it with the huge nose studs that the our main characters are wearing? Like the rocky nose studs, big skull nose studs. I'm assuming, in, in either in this scene coming or later on, it's in a kind of morgue tray because there's a dead body and like the nose studs lying in like a kind of tray, so that it was like identifying the body. But like, surely there was like other things they could have done that would have done this done the same trick. They just yeah. maybe I mean maybe big huge nose studs were a thing in the nineties for rock people, but I, I don't know. Oh, remember uh, uh, Return of the Living Dead? We've got the punk guy that's got look at what really is uh, an actual gate chain and padlock uh, <laughs> yeah, right from his nose in his yeah. ears. So maybe it was just a thing where go big or go home. Yeah. Um. So the uh, the main vampire comes out and she's that like she either licks somebody or licks her lips or something. But this this huge tongue thing that's a strange new addition to the vampire lore that they've added in here. I don't know if I like it. Looks weird. Makes it a bit sexier though, doesn't it? I mean, I guess. I mean, they don't really do anything sexy with it, but I mean, I guess... I'm sure they could. Your imagination could run wild with that one, I suppose. Mm. Um, the PI is a creep, but that was okay in the 90s. Checking out her legs, then telling her she's not as tight when she's not interested. Yeah, now, there's a lot of that in this film. <laughs> I don't know if this... I don't know what this is, right? I don't remember this. This is in quotation marks, so I'm assuming it's either it's something from the movie directly. Chubby O'Toole and Thunder Thighs. <laughs> the when they're in, she's in his office. She's looking through stuff and she sees a poster or something that is that, and it's like I'm sure it's like the poster of a porn movie. Right. And then she walks away and he goes, did you see something you didn't like? It's like, mate, you clearly know that's what she's just looked at. You have that on display. So of course I'm not going to like it, but it's if it's a thing, it's like, ah, you see so you don't like? Is it the chubby thighs thing? <laughs> <laughs> chubby O'Toole. Um, <laughs> right. Now, again, this is in, this, some of this is in quotation marks. Um, let me see. No, yeah, so I think uh, he's in the bar, right? And somebody's trying to, uh, yeah, so he walks in and he meets Corey Feldman's two pals that are still in the bar. They didn't, they didn't go to the bordello, the two that stayed in the, the bar. They're in the bar. Uh, playing pool and drinking whatever else and he's trying to find he's now been hired to try and find Corey Feldman by the uh, his, Corey Feldman's sister who is completely opposite of punk rock which in this movie is someone who doesn't who is Corey Feldman is obviously drinking smoking dressing like a punk going to who, who sees uh, swearing the opposite of that is the sister who's like got a nice blonde haircut uh, a, wee, a wee white dress goes to church quite a lot uh, doesn't swear uh, gets gets upset when she sees Chubby O'Toole posters, uh, so you can see exactly like you know that's obvious. That's that's just how it goes. You you either one or the other in life. Oh, what was that household like growing up? That the kids could be so poor, <laughs> yeah, extremely yeah. different. <laughs> um, so he's in he's he's in the bar. He's trying to find. He's talking to Chloe's pals. And uh, I think one of them tries to challenge him to a fight. He says, let's step outside. He says, not right now, Zeke. I'm not in the mood for a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> and it's actually... you got to use that one. Yeah. The, deli- the delivery is uh, is really quite good. Like, the, the, the acting is 
top quality. Like there's nothing, there's no quite, there's no question about the acting or the script even. I mean, it's it's maybe a bit dodgy in places. However, there is there are some lines and some deliveries that are really really quite good. It's, it's cheesy, but it's cheesy nineties, and obviously in the nineties you could still get away with a lot of things that obviously are frowned upon now. So, but yeah, I agree with you. The acting, the acting spot on, the script's actually spot on for the most part as well. Would you rather spend your whole life with a rock and roll preacher? This is because we meet the preacher and he's on stage fucking rocking out his guitar, mm-hmm. or one night in the vampire brothel. Uh probably one night in the vampire brothel yeah and you know what the disappointing thing is because we've seen the scene in the vampire brothel what they do is they tease you like fuck and then they just kill you so you die with blue balls whereas if you were with a rock and roll preacher you'd probably be getting just, chugged just, off I chugged yeah, off most yeah, nights God. yeah 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 it's for god that's the pro- i think that's what they do every second friday of the month um just for god <laughs> uh so i know this is a line in the movie He's in a whorehouse, a house inhabited by whores. And then a quotation here, but I think this is my quotations and not the movie quotations because I'm supposed to do this, I think. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. I like how even though those are your notes, you still approach that so cautiously in case you offended the, the writer of that note that you didn't deliver it properly. Who is you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think Future Scott is going to be really angry that you didn't do it right when you remember why you put it in quotation marks? Oh, do you, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you mean Sober Scott once I listen to this back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, so now about this point in the movie where we discover that The Undertaker, who kind of obviously like sends all the guys down in the coffin shoots, he's a, a necrophiliac. He's uh, wanking off a body or fingering a body, I think, at this point. <laughs> Right. Wanking off a body is a, an awful turn of phrase. <laughs> He's just there wanking off a body. <laughs> I know because it's going to be a big softy as well, isn't it? Unless you put like a cocktail stick or something down it, like a you know, like a barbecue skewer. Oh, if Rigor Morris is set in, it'll be fucking solid. I it'll be the most solid thing you've ever wanked off. No. No. How? Because Rigor Mortis is like when your tendons and stuff like, that, like there's nothing without the blood in the in the willy. That's not there's nothing to make it go hard. But surely for the tendons and that will go solid, would it no still? Nah. You don't get a boner when you die. Really? Yeah. What's the fucking point? <laughs> <laughs> now, here, okay, note verbatim. Verbatim. I don't want to sound like a, a sexist 90s misogynist. <laughs> but I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the head vampire's not hot enough. She's no Terry Hatcher, that's for sure. <laughs> is, she, is, she the, is she the one superstar for the 90s that you can think of there? Well, to be a head vampire, yeah. Nah, I'm sorry, Jet from Gladiators. Was Jet from Gladiators ever in a vampire movie? No, but if I was thinking about who I would like that's to be the head Jet, vampire. Because Terry Hatcher was the vampire in From Dust Till Dawn, that's, the, that's my comparison. Was Terry Hatcher the vampire in From Dust Till Dawn? You think it's Salma Hayek? Yeah. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. Yes. Totally different race <laughs> and nationality. The fucking Terry Hatcher. Who's Terry Hatcher again? Superman. The woman for Desperate Housewives. For Lewis and Clark. 
Oh, shit. That's why I was wondering why you just suddenly <laughs> decided that Terry Hatcher was your <laughs> ultimate vampire book. Yeah, I meant Selma Hayek. <laughs> they kind of look the same, though, don't they? They kind of look the no. same. No? No, Selma Hayek is an absolute babe, and Terry Hatcher probably hasn't been a babe since the, the Lois and Clark days. Okay, well, change that note. She's no Selma Hayek, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, right, so the PI goes to the. the... I just want, I just want to see the vampire movie with a big sexy Terry Hatchers there. <laughs> All the guys are like, no, it's fine, mate. I'll just, I don't even want to go to Burdell. Is that generally the best you've got to offer him? Nineties <laughs> Terry Hatcher, right? Okay. <laughs> you went that three points. See if you went to imagine you're just strutting down like Amsterdam. The new right in 2020. And some guy says, "Hey guys, you want to come in? We got we got Terry Hatcher on stage tonight." You'd be like, "Yeah, fuck I How much? Are you going to be like, fuck the last if you don't hear from Dustal Dawn? No worries, I'm on my way in." <laughs> Obviously, if you're walking down a street in Amsterdam and some guy called you and said, "Are you coming in? I've got Terry Hatcher in here," you probably would keep walking away because there is no fucking <laughs> Terry Hatcher is going to be in a brothel in Amsterdam. <laughs> you're getting put. You're getting put in a coffin shoot, aren't you? <laughs> vampire, vampire, fucking brothel. Right. Um, the PI goes to the the, the mortuary, like the entryway to the brothel, and he just gets in the coffin like it's no weird. <laughs> Like, he'd, he asked no questions. At least uh, Corey Feldman and his pal were like, a bit worried. Like, is this normal? P.I. is just like, yep, I've done that. There's hundreds, there's hundreds of gimmicks that's processes all across America. Do it all the time. He's watching movies like fucking Chubby Poon and Thunder Thighs or whatever it was called, so... <laughs> it's all... <laughs> did, you ever, did, you know, did you notice as well when he goes in the shoot? It's full of hot buff guys. I didn't, actually. Yeah, well, yeah, because when Corey Feldman did it, it was like hairy fat old men when the PI goes doing it's like fucking gladiators ah uh, right somebody gets their head pulled off right like their actual head like not like uh, we're not still brothling here like they get their actual <laughs> head pulled off and it's good fun practical effects yep um yeah, so this is the thing as well. You don't even get asked what room you want to get in. You don't even get asked if you want to go to the torture room or the silk rooms. Do you know what I mean? Like, he goes to, because he gets taken into, like, the, yeah, because he gets taken into the torture room with the new vampire who he then dupes and, like, ties to the bed when he's supposed to get tied to the bed because he escapes. Like, Corey Feldman gets taken to, like, a silk room and his pal gets taken to, like, a velvet room. Like, you don't get asked. You just go. Yeah. But are you are you really that bored? Are you going to a brothel because you really, really, really want to be in the silk room? Or are you going because you want Terry Hatcher? <laughs> I guess if you I guess if you I guess if you're paying you want you want the choice. I think it but I think it's more you're paying for the girl or the man now that we're being progressive. Uh, I don't really think like you're not going to a brothel going or oh, see if the fucking Egyptian room is taken. I'm not doing it. I'm just going straight back home. I'm only getting my mind away in the pharaohs, the pharaohs room. I think if you, I think if you, if you're a regular, then that's the probably that's probably what you end up doing. If you're a one once only type of person that's like doesn't even want to be there, you're probably like, uh, yeah, that'll do, that'll do, that'll do, that'll do. Let's in, in and out, please. Thank you. See you later. And you won't even know until afterwards. You think, fuck, man, I could have went to the Egyptian room. I don't think there'd be any regulars in your one because as soon as you went the first night and it was Terry Hatcher that came out, you'd be like, I'm not fucking coming back. <laughs> it's 
especially, especially if she was billed as Selma Hayek. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what we learn in this movie is that vampires only fear for Jews. It's a good thing you know. Well, only if you're not if you're a Jew. Yeah, I suppose. I know it's still good like, to know that. Though. She's got a cuddle him and she's like, "Oh, it's not a cross. I thought it was it's the Star of David." And like, but like, why? Why is why is the cross scary? But the Star of David isn't. So you mean like vampires are just like killing Jews and Muslims and Buddhists like fucking nothing else? But Christians are fine. Doesn't make any sense. And technically, you could actually. Well, if they then any religion, any religious symbol would deter vampires, then you could actually fight vampires with like the Jedi symbol, since it's a recognised religion, which would actually be quite cool. Yeah, well, well if it's if it's rec- just re- recognised religions, then the house the flying spaghetti monster with the, the colander thing on your head would work as well. Which uh, a totally different vampire movie would be quite cool. <laughs> but that's a point. I said, well. I don't know, is it just because Dracula and all that, because they were all written at a time where Christianity and stuff was the was the be all and end all all religions who gives a flying fuck about them because we yeah. are writing these books in England or whatever so it's it's all Christian, that's why it's only the cross because all this other stuff's all fucking fake anyway Well, all, I, Yeah, all religions are fake but I think uh, Christianity is the, the, the best one for like writing movies about like all the rest of them are just bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can hear constant noises, I don't even know if I can remove them. That those noises are actually my the inside of me. Like there's just bumblings and rumblings. So just in case you can hear them, Scott, or in case MD listening can hear us in the background, I apologise. That inside of me is actually dying. <laughs> Have oh. you heard them? Well, I know, no. So you don't need to see that. Well, uh, it's fine. Once I'm listening back. I'll cut this out if they're not there and I'll keep it in if they are there. Uh, right, so at this point in the movie, um, I was watching it with Lauren and she said, is the criteria to get a job in this film to have the most ridiculous 90s boob job? A good criteria to be in a film, to be fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, why was Catherine so angry that he was with a woman? Because she fancied him, even though that she was like couldn't progress her feelings because she's like, from, like mental Christian is it more than just because he should really be there doing his, his job and no oh yeah I didn't even think of that yeah probably he should have been doing his job yeah right they go the the cops right why is the cop dropping so much food on his body but none on his face it's like there's like a kind of kind of heavy cop and he's got like a napkin and around about his his shirt, and he's eating like takeaway food or whatever. But he's dropping, he's just dropping it all on his napkin. Like he's not even, it's not even just like it's like he's trying to make a mess. Like they wanted the character to be like like a, a slob, like slurping his food and getting it everywhere. But because he's trying so hard to actually make a mess, it looks unnatural. The kind of mess he's making. <laughs> it just annoyed yeah. me. Like you definitely wouldn't trust him with a gun if you can't even trust him with a donut. Yeah. Right. Now, at some point, I can't remember what, what something is given to him, given given to him by the PI, like to the fat post, right? And the PI says, "Try not to eat it, Mongo." Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> whoa, that's that that's not on, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, because right, this was in the nineties, right? So we'll we'll give it a wee bit of allowances because they haven't like put some words like to be non PC yet. And I agree with PC words from time to time. Like some of them certainly are. This one is now outdated. Do not say that word. It's it's like the the N word and the R words. Don't say them. Right, but it, is it, it is it still outdated it, in America? It fucking should be. They used it in Toy Story like two years ago. No, Shrek, Shrek two or three, when the big huge gingerbread man was called it. <laughs> and when you watch skate videos, obviously you can also skate Mongo. So they still that is actually still part of. Oh, they should probably change that to be fair because it, it obviously it's came from just skating like a Mongo. Like like it's mm-hmm. not it's not it's came from like negative connotations and yet it's still called that because it's always been called that you can sometimes hear them hesitate in videos when they say like oh if you're skating i don't even like saying it now because uh, yeah, well, actually, you, should, you should you should you should treat it the same as fully like feet old words and i don't know how to i don't know how you need to invent something else the skate culture needs to invent something else like skating like I don't know what, what else means. Is, silly. Means, what does it mean? S- silly. Silly. No, it's, it, it's it's from pushing from the back foot, isn't it? Pushing from the front foot. Uh, pushing from your front foot. Yeah, so your back foot's on the board, and you push with your front foot. So you get regular goofy, and then Mongo. So you could just change it to regular goofy. And... Yeah, silly. Silly skateboarding. Or oh, you skate silly. Because you do. <laughs> if you do it, you, you, you're silly. So I, I would. Just, I think we should. We should change it to silly. Skating yeah. silly. Yep, let's push it and let's let's change the world, please. <laughs> well. Um so uh Catherine, who's Cody Feldman's sister, is raging at the PI and she calls the, the PI, You're a liar and a fornicator. <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine you were so prudish that calling someone a fornicator was an insult. <laughs> <laughs> imagine being the man in the street and somebody shouted at you are you a fornicator like yeah yeah <laughs> What's damn right man <laughs> yeah fucking too right <laughs> super fornicator <laughs> um my note my, my note here is that dwarf has got very current hair <laughs> I think he had long hair and he's got tied back in a wee uh, a wee man bun <laughs> are all your notes just revolved around Roland for Sabrina yes uh, quite a lot of them eh? yeah because he comes back in now for the third, third quarter of the movie, so yeah. Um, the thing is, you've not missed a single fucking thing that he's done, and yet you still thought Terry Hatcher was cutting about from <laughs> Bristol Dawn. How do you watch movies in such a weird way? Yeah. I was actually thinking in the car today when I was drunk, because I knew we were doing this episode tonight, and I was thinking about the Terry Hatcher thing, and I was like thinking in my head, I was like, I was almost practicing lines because I knew that that was in my notes, and I was like, is it Terry Hatcher or is it Terry Hatchet? I was like, no, her name's no Hatchet, it's no Terry Weax. I mean, that's definitely right. It's like, and then, and, and, and then it turns out I was fucking, there's a complete wrong person. It would be even better if you had said Terry Hatchet, because that would have threw it off <laughs> ten times more. <laughs> uh, did you know, talking about bum bandits, did you notice that Whippy Goldberg was in this? Uh, y- yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, just, just do hang fire just a second, that's like three notes away. Alright, sorry. <laughs> um, so I've got a note here that says, direct quote, For God's sake, Vincent, you're floating with eternal damnation. <laughs> Fuck me, yeah. I'll get life, Scott. If the next three notes are like that, you can fucking skip them and get to Whippy Goldberg. <laughs> Imagine breaking into a crypt, taking a picture inside a coffin and having to get them developed in boots. That's a note. Remember this? That's what happens here. 
did you like I never thought about it until recently that see if you were taking dodgy photos mm-hmm. would you actually get them developed like would they give you them back or if yeah. see if you'd been a creep with a camera and been taking like, upskirt shots do you think it would get to boots and then it's up to their discretion to go right now he's a fucking pervert so he's not getting yeah. his back they used to stick a sticker on them saying shame on you <laughs> Did they though? Yeah, I don't think I said shame on you, but they used to stick stickers on the dodgy ones, eh? But just stickers, so you still actually got them back, even if it was dodgy or what? Yeah, but you also what? had to trust that the boots person hadn't made a double copy of it, because the negative, you could make as many copies as you want for the negative. Because I've obviously, I was very young when you had to actually process film, or it would be my parents that were doing it rather than me, and I've always just wondered that, like, what what would happen would, if you were just taking photos? I mean, I don't actually know. That's that's me. I'm not. I don't actually know for sure. But I know that when my parents used to get photos back, sometimes they had they they didn't expose properly, so they were like had big like orange like discs. Like if you like you might imagine the light, like it was like over yeah. something, and they would have a sticker on those ones as if to say we fucked this up. Sorry. <laughs> like, I just went and spent 20 quid like in 1980 pictures developed in my house party and they're all shite like you just, you just stuck a sticker on them do it again but they don't they just gave you them back bad I don't know what they blamed it on like you literally could have just completely fucked up as if somebody opened the dark room here uh, Paul you coming out tonight aye just let me finish these photos aye well fucking don't open the fucking dark room door you dickhead yeah, I don't know whether I've got the big exposure sticker or the there's tits in this photo sticker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just like colour coded. stickers over the nipples. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like history repeating itself because you need to do that on Instagram now. Yeah. There you go. Full circle. Uh, there's a quote in this movie that says, I feel like I'm in a bad Tales from the Crypt episode. And I'm like, oh, is that too meta? Yeah. That's too meta for me. It is because then if if this story's been told, why would the crypt keeper and stuff? Why would they reference themselves as a bad as a as a TV series? How do yeah. they know they're a TV series? Yeah, and also referencing themselves as a bad episode of such said TV series as well. Mm. There is no urgency or fear present in any of this acting. It's very very campy. Mm. It's got to be though. You can't have a Tales from the Crypt movie with with non campy nineties acting. Like I think I think it would be it would, it would be shit if they were if it was all too serious. I quite like the campiness. Like I, I quite enjoy that in it. Yeah. I mean yeah, yeah, it does it does add to the whole thing, yeah, for sure. Um the whole factory scene, very, very chaotic. Yeah. Uh now um I don't really know what this note means. It just says needle in the brain. Ha ha hi, okay. I have no idea what that is. Uh, then I've got a quote here that says, "Why doesn't she just move out of the sun?" She's obviously standing in like a like a window and just just move out the sun. You'll be fine. Like why are you standing in the sun? And also the blinds are actually only kinked ever so slightly, so the sun wouldn't burn her anywhere near as bad as it does because you would only get the wee glimmers of light on the skin. Yeah. Uh, next note. Here we go. What the fuck is Whoopi Goldberg doing here? Why? Why is she in it? She's in it for like fucking no eight seconds. No idea. Well, no idea. I can only assume. I like to think that stuff like that happens. There's maybe two or three movies getting filmed in the same like fucking big massive <laughs> warehouse, and she's just like, "Oh hey, um, producer man, I, you worked with me in Ghost, like what he's filming. Oh, we're filming a Tales for the Crypt episode uh, movie. Like, oh, can I just jump in here? Does anybody I can get a cameo? Uh, 
I just pop in. We'll just film you. We're just filming the news. Just, film, just jump into this scene if you want. All right, I cool. It's well, telling. Well, oh, it's the brothel vampires. Ah, oh, cool. It's telling that you've obviously never watched Ghost if you think Ghost and Tales from the Crypt are Deli Blood for the same producer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, as I don't understand why she's there. And the only reason I called her a bum bandit earlier is because she was in Sister Act, and I assume that nuns uh, are prone to bashing bums the same way that priests are. Mm, yeah, take that. Catholicism. <laughs> yeah, Catholicism. Fucking pedo rapists. Um. <laughs> Now, next note, practical effects, brilliant wee dummy getting ran down, then the dwarf gets booted. Oh yeah, I remember, I thought, sorry, I thought it was the, uh, I thought it was the dwarf that was getting ran down, it wasn't, it's the it's the guy who runs the, the, the funeral parlour, so he stands at the door, and he's like, oh, what's happening here, and they drive a car through the front door, and it's just like a dummy standing there, just gets fucking properly, like, mowed down, and then uh, they can burst out the car and just boot the dwarf. Like it's not even like a, a mummy dwarf, a, a, a dummy dwarf. It's like it's like he's just sitting there. Somebody just boots him up the ass or something. Like that. it's, it's, it's brilliant. It's really good. Uh, and this is it's like uh, they go in. They've got I think they've got super soakers full of holy water, and it's a and and the uh, the rock and roll preacher and the PI get together with uh, the Corey Feldman's sister, and they just burst in to fucking destroy everybody. And they get the song Ballroom Blitz playing. Mm-hmm. Um, the effects during the Boron Blitz scene are awesome. However, I'd like to ask, um, why are all the vampires dying differently from the same ammo? And why is it killing them when it hits their clothes? Yeah. Why, why are the vampires filled with gunpowder and exploding like a firework, as opposed to the way vampires should actually like melt or explode? Like, why is there a spark? Why does it die with a spark? Actually, I, I thought the effects started to get a wee bit of shit here. Like, it started going downhill. Yeah. Um, why did Corey Feldman not burst into flames? Also, I seem to have missed the notes on this part. There was certainly a part where his sister was going to get killed, and he and it was very, very incestuous. Like he was like, "Can you wait to like get her boobs out and all that?" That was weird. <laughs> That's Corey Feldman. I could probably. How do you know what I was going to say there? Um. There's a broken arm effect here, though, that looks really, really good. Yep. Someone gets cut in half with the axe, but then managed to disappear. I don't know what that means. Um, then he goes in the bit. So they're in the, they're in the mega church. This is where it ends. And they laser a wee cross on her back. And that's how she gets uh, killed, because the laser, like the cross, like blows in half. And it also cuts her heart into four pieces, which is the only way to kill the head vampire. The practical effects of her dying... Uh, no, sorry, my note. That's just a, that's a finished sentence. Practical effects of her dying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're good or bad. I don't know. I may have been having a drink while I was watching this movie as well. I'm not sure. I can't believe you've sat in your car all day thinking of funny ways to talk about Terry Hatcher rather than actually just read through your fucking notes and make sense of them. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I really should. See, especially like if it's been like two or three weeks since I've actually watched the movie, I definitely should read through my notes. <laughs> to, to be fair, that is my fault. Uh, this should have been recorded weeks ago, so yeah, I, I'll take the blame for Scott's terrible, terrible note-taking this week. How how, uh, how dare you catch the most deadly and contagious disease that this world has ever faced in the last hundred years? You fucking I know. dick. <laughs> I know. Um, no, don't, don't blame me on that. Blame, blame, uh, blame my note-taking and blame... Uh, the, the beers that I've been drinking. 
Clearly, <laughs> the fault. I've got one more note. Read it. You read it first to yourself. Yeah. Is it okay to read? Yeah. Does it make sense? Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a sentence, it just stops halfway through? No, no. Okay. Um, so basically, where they, they kill all the vampires, so they save the day. Uh, Catherine and the PI like head off into the sunset. Um, my note is, that relationship is now based on shared high emotional experience. He's going to get bored of her when the sex is born. It's quite a poignant way to finish Bordello of Blood. Yeah. Bordello of Blood 2. Left her. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's a movie about heartbreak. <laughs> yeah. Just I need to find a new Bordello. <laughs> so, uh, are you cool for your final summation then? Yeah, I'll just batter into what I've written here. Uh, without rereading, without pre-reading, here we go. Uh, good fun, good effects. No real f- frights or believable characters. Played more for laughs, and I'm okay with that. I wonder how many of the actresses in this movie said "Me too" um, after it was obviously, you know, the, the Harvey Weinstein stuff came out. Uh, not really any character development, but a very small redemption arc for JC. It's a good laugh, and I probably felt the same on first watch as I did now. Enjoyable, but not brilliant. If it wasn't a Tales from the Crypt movie, I think it would have been more forgotten. 2.5 extra nipples out of 5. Forgot to actually say that during the actual movie. There was some vampire had three nipples and there was no reason whatsoever for her to have three nipples. It's so, probably just a, it's a fantasy thing, isn't it? You just, the vampire <laughs> woman. <laughs> no, but as in the vampire woman is obviously, it's meant to be like, she is the lustiest, most beautiful thing, Terry Hatcher, that you can ever envision. And obviously, what is better than a nice, lovely, beautiful woman with two nipples? A third one. Just for me, you get bored of the other two. That's obviously what they all thought, and that's why I sometimes I vampire ladies have three nipples. I think it's a weird, weird trope. It's like Total Recall, man. It's like, like but the, 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 the lassies get three boobs. You make me feel like I've got an extra hand. I'm like, you make me feel as if there's something fucking serious around me, you hand. <laughs> but... Think about all the other women aliens in Total Recall. How many of them do you remember? It's the same in Mallrats when they go to the the fortune teller that's got three nipples and it turns out it's just a fake nipple. It's just people people listen, people hang on every word and believe because there's something weird about a third nipple. And I think that's the same in the vampire thing. There's something weird and quite alluring about having a third nipple. This is where I reveal that I've got a third nipple. <laughs> I don't. However, I think it would be quite alluring and interesting to have one. So, yeah. so what did you give it? Sorry, a 2.5? A, two, a, two a, a two and a half, yeah. yeah. Halfway. Right. Slap back in the middle. I've always... I've always enjoyed it. I like... The practical effects up until the end, I think, are, are great. They're fun. They're 90s. They're campy. The acting is all on point there's nobody really that annoys me or is too campy it all it plays the way a Tales from the Crypt movie should play uh, and yeah I've, I've, I have a lot of fun with it uh, it's not one I watch regular and it's one that I actually came to late in life because Lena was writing it uh, I think the first time I watched it was only maybe two or three years ago and I've watched it a few times since so I would probably give Bordello Blood a very strong three uh, I don't understand the Whoopi Goldberg cameo. I could do away with that because there's literally no reason that she's there. 
Uh, she doesn't even deliver any funny lines. She's just in it to deliver a line. I don't know why that annoys me. Yeah, but it does. What does she even say? I can't remember something stupid about a computer system. That could all be made up. I, I have no idea what she says, but it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> we'll watch it back now, and it turns out she's actually hilarious in the movie. Yeah, I was just full integral I, part of the story. Yeah, I'd probably just shat myself. So I was just raging when I was watching it. Uh, so yeah, that was Bordello of Blood. So 31 of October is finished. Uh, if you watched along with it, let us know. Message in and let us know what your favourites were, what your least favourites were, how many you actually managed to do. Or if, like some people in the flick chat, you just took our list, put it straight in the fucking bin and used your own list. Then also let us know what you watched that was good, what you watched that was shit. Uh, so have you been watching anything else recently at all anything worth talking about uh, no excellent that was Scott and Lee versus Evil <laughs> see you guys now say goodbye uh, I watched a, a, new, a comedy series on Netflix last night just did you ever watch uh, I Think You Should Leave now I think you should leave now. No, I don't know. I'm sure it's called I Think You Should Leave Now. It was a comedy thing that came on Netflix. I watched it randomly. I'm pretty sure we've talked about it. It was fucking hilarious. I watched it a good few times because it never stops being funny. This is called Auntie Donna's Auntie Donna's Big Old House of Fun. And it's three Australian comedians that seem to be like the collective group is called Auntie Donna. As in your Aunt Donna. Mm-hmm. It's produced by Ed Helms obviously from the hangover in the office and it's jet like you watch the trailer for it about 30 seconds and i was like these guys will annoy fuck out of me there's no way i'll find this funny and immediately i just put an episode on and we're about four episodes deep i think uh, and it really is jelly laugh out loud funny at times it's just zany and surreal there's some people who fucking hate it but i think you might quite like it so you should check that out Unless you don't like zany comedy, like if you like things like The Mighty Bush, I think you should leave right now. If you like things like that, you'll really like it. If you like your comedy, if you like Monty Python, I think you'll quite like it. But if you like your comedy kind of straighter, then straighter and more obvious, not the more obvious, more straight to what I'm looking for. I might, I might give it a, a go. I might try it, but I, I will say that I don't like Mighty Bush or Mighty Pi- uh, Monty Python, so it might not be for me. Try it. Try but it. But when see. you say it's brilliant, I do like Chris Lilly, so if it's anything like that, that'll, that'll love it. I uh, see. I don't like him. I don't really find that funny. However, it is actually similar in ways. Anyway, yeah. I've watched that. So if you want to watch a comedy thing try that if you don't like it it's not my fault because i've warned you that you might not like it uh, but other than that i've just been watching silent movies it's just back to back buster keaton since i've discovered buster keaton uh, how, did, how did you discover buster keaton he's been out for a long time i know but i've never do you know it's just one of those names that it's like oh buster keaton and you know he's a great and i know that he's so well revered because I watch a lot of the old twenties, thirties, forties films, but it's something that I've never then went out of my way to actually watch until during lockdown, and I watched the general, and I was like, "That is a fucking five star film. That is fantastic." 
and I started watching more of them and then bought all the box sets and then read his autobiography and I actually went a wee bit where it became quite an obsession where I'm now just watching like the old fucking two reelers that used to play before the movies like the right old things that last like 10 minutes I'm now watching through every single Buster Keaton thing I can find because I think he's a fucking genius and if you've never watched a Buster Keaton film they're all most of them are available on Amazon Prime just now watch The General watch Sherlock Jr they're honestly is filmmaking like some of the stuff that Buster Keaton was doing people still couldn't do now and it's fascinating to watch I think we yes. should do a spin-off where it's just Scott and Liam listening to Liam talk about Buster Keaton movies nobody would want to watch that He's also got a name that uh, could be very good. Like if Buster Keaton was like a grime artist, he'd be like, yeah, all right. Do you know who gave him the name Buster? Who? Harry Houdini. Ah, oh, no way. There you go. A bit of tidbit information. Harry Houdini was his dad's uh, business partner for a bit. They, they sold like, old need, snake oil. You always need to know someday. You, yeah, you, don't just get, you don't just get famous. You always need to know someday. You look at everybody that's famous and everybody doesn't... 90% of the time, that person knows somebody. But Harry Houdini wasn't he famous at the time? Aye. So who who was who was famous first, Harry Houdini or Buster Keaton? I think it was Harry Houdini, to be fair. But I don't think that's how he got any movies. Anyway, if you like old movies, if you like silent movies, and if you're actually just a fan of cinema and you've never watched a Buster Keaton film, do yourself a favour and just do it. The stunts that man was doing himself are incredible. Like, madness. I think we should just turn this podcast into a Buster Keaton podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that, although I don't know anything about Buster Keaton, so it would just be you talking. That's fine. After, after hearing your notes today, <laughs> that's, that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about the movies I've actually watched, so yeah, I could just talk, I could talk about Buster Keaton. It's fine. <laughs> um, I just remember something that I did watch, and I think that it's been long enough that I don't think that we have talked about it. Um... I watched The Haunting of Bly Manor. What did you think? Uh, it was alright. It wasn't very scary. It was like scary in episode maybe one and two and then maybe like one wee jump at the end. Um, it, not even it, a jump at the end, like like kind of creepy at the end. To me it felt a bit like if The Haunting of Hill House was a high school production of a horror thing, then that new one was the primary school version of it it just felt so tame but exactly the same okay i gave up after two episodes i was like i'm haunting the hell house was all right but i've seen it and to me it just felt too solid the same actors the same kind of core concept i was i was a wee bit disheartened with i felt like the i felt like haunting of hell house was a lot scarier like i went to watch it the first time and i know that i i don't remember how many scares there were i know there's a big one like towards like the near the end um, we still need to power through it we started it me and Lauren we've not finished it we just went straight on to Bloody Manor uh, I'm looking forward to coming back to Hill House to see that through uh, but yeah I think Hill House was so much better than, than Bly Manor but I mean it was okay but I, I could I mean I read about the, the things that people were annoyed that were annoying people the accents mainly for the kids I can totally get it because they were really mm-hmm. fucking pains in the ass. I, okay, I, like, I really like Mike Flanagan but and I'm all for people using the same cast at times, but it's to me it's getting a bit 
right, every single thing has the same cast. It's like, right, okay, we get it. Let's use some other people. Let's do something a bit different because it, to me, it's making everything feel too samey because it's not new faces. And I know that's a really immature way to look at it, but I need something different to then go, fucking hell, that was a Mike Flanagan thing. It was fucking amazing. Whereas right now, I'm like, ah, he's now just kind of putting out the same stuff. And that upsets me to say that because he you is so talented. There's no, um, there's nobody says that the, the, the cast that he's picked are, are fucking excellent. Like, why are you using the game? Just I know, I know, I, I, I don't, I don't get it myself. But obviously, I am not a director, and I am not a director at the level of Mike Flanagan. So he's obviously got his reasons. He has his reasons. But change it up. Get Terry Hatcher in there, the sexiest yeah. vampire any of have ever seen. I hope Darren listens to this episode and within five minutes there's a photoshop of Salma Hayek with Terry Hatcher's head and from Dust Till Dawn just to show you how ridiculous a concept that actually is. Yeah, me me and you as George Clooney and uh, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Who's George Clooney? Probably you. You've got glasses actually, you're definitely Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Probably That's unfortunate. Photoshop maybe a big foot in my gub or something. <laughs> <laughs> We have a big foot in my gum. Uh, so the next episode is episode 129. Uh, I don't have COVID anymore, I don't think. So it shouldn't be so long till the next one, unless obviously Scott gets it, in which case you might get an episode this year. Who knows? Uh, do you know what you're picking yet, Scott? No. Excellent. <laughs> Great. So there's no secret reveal just now. Uh, so we'll be back hopefully in a week or two with episode 129 thanks for listening thanks for chatting in the group uh, there's still a lot of good interaction going on and again sorry we have been away but I did physically shit myself one day so you've got to just kind of let that happen I'm okay now so actually after Duncan mentioned it in the podcast on the stairs I had a few folk messaging to check I wasn't dead and I really appreciate that so thank you very much for checking and those that didn't check I'm not dead yeah, uh, it was totally. We, we were, yeah, we, um, that's what we wanted people to think that you were dead. Yeah. I suppose it would help with the downloads. Maybe I will still fake my death. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't matter now because we've just said it. So, if anybody's listened to the previous episodes, they won't download the next ones because they'll know I'm not actually dead. So. Were we talking about faking our death at the start of this episode? We talked about faking our death quite a lot through this. It's actually been the, the kind of recurring theme. Neither is fucking paid attention to the movie. We just talked about how we want to die and how we want our ashes scattered. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Scott, that. it was only an hour ago, man. Yeah, no, but I've had quite, quite a bit to drink. <laughs> uh, anyway, Scotland are playing Serbia right now. And yeah, fuck if, yeah. if Scotland win, it's the first time since 1998 that they are in a major competition. So I think we should end this episode so we can go and watch Serbia win 2-0. Because that's what's going to fucking happen. Because that's oh, what's no, Scotland. I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope that we get in so that we can definitely go to the Euros next year because it'll be great. Let's go to Budapest. Where are the Euros getting played? Oh, they're getting played in London and Glasgow. I let's go to Budapest to watch them anyway. It'll be good fun. <laughs> that is actually a holiday that you are, you are really seriously planning into. Yeah, I tried to plan this year. It didn't happen because of fucking COVID, so we're planning. Yeah. So you did. I did uh, well, here's hoping. So maybe by the time I set this episode, Scotland are actually in a major competition. Maybe. Yeah. And also maybe Terry Hatcher's been cast as the fucking Queen Vampire and I knew from Dustle Dawn. 
one of the things might happen yeah. one definitely will not I just I just googled uh, Terry Hatcher uh, vampire I, she's never played a vampire <laughs> come on Scotland I'm gonna feel the breeze of the head breeze the vast of the world woo why did you put on a Scottish accent when you are Scottish <laughs> I, I'm no I'm no that I'm no Highland Scottish I'm uh, I'm Glasgow Scottish it's different it's completely different you should know this I forgot I forgot you can only support the national team if you're from the Highlands so yeah anyway we'll see you guys in uh, a couple of weeks Uh, bye bye Alistair McLeod <laughs>